Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We just pray more, more of your presence. Amen. If you're still being prayed for, please continue with that. Uh, the rest of us, why don't we shuffle our chairs around and... Uh, We're against the time. We're against the clock now. So I'm going to speak even quicker than I usually speak. Mary always says to me, slow down, slow down, but we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it. Uh, well aware, as we step into a new year, we're all coming into this new year, new year in all sorts of different places, uh, in all sorts of different uh, states, perhaps. And uh, for some of us, we'll see the newness of the opportunity and make some commitments. For some of us, it'll be extremely difficult that another year's ahead and what's it going to look like and the unknowns of that. Uh, but within that, I want to encourage us this morning, there's a choice as to how we build, how we build in 2024, how we build. And I've made some commitments which I'm for the year ahead, which I'm keeping close to my chest. I'm going to keep them under wraps, but just how we build. How are we building into 2024? If you think of a house, and as I was thinking about what to share, I was thinking of that song, that passage that Jesus teaches into about the foolish and the wise builders. The foolish man builds his house upon the sand. The waves came up and the, no, the, the waves came down, the rain came down and the floods came up. We'll, we'll move on now. We'll move on now. But I was thinking of that, that nothing on shaky foundations lasts it collapses. Jesus in Matthew 7, he uses a story to tell the crowds, if you hear the words I speak, but you don't put them to action, you're like the foolish man. Things will wash away. What you build on, it won't, it won't last. And we see him say the opposite. If you listen to what I'm saying and you do what I'm saying, it'll be like you're building on rock, immovable when the storms come. I want to encourage us, remind us, invite us to build with Jesus. I was uh, recalling a story that I read from a book called Blue Like Jazz. A few of us might have read that book. It's a few years old now. And uh, the author recalls a friend of his called Alan, who was researching successful churches, or whatever that means, successful churches, and interviewing uh, big church leaders. And he visited a man called Bill Bright, who was one of the most influential Christian leaders of the 20th century. He was the founder of an organization called Camper Crusade, which has 25,000 missionaries in 200 countries. Remarkable. And he was shown, uh, this guy's friend was shown to a grand office, a big office. Uh, and there behind a big desk was a big man full of life who listened attentively and engaged with the interview. There was a final question that was put to this man, and it was, what does Jesus mean to you? And this man just started to weep. He just started to cry. This big man in the big chair behind his big desk was weeping uncontrollably. And Donald Miller, the author of the book, says, when Alan told me the story, I wondered what it was like to love Jesus in that way. 
to cry at the very mention of his name. I knew then I would like to know Jesus like that. Isn't that just beautiful? It's just weighty. Maybe some of us are asking the same right now upon hearing that story. I'd love to know Jesus like that. Inverness Vineyard Church, there is nothing, no one in this world that compares to Jesus. You might be sitting here having lots of questions, a really hard 2023, an amazing 2023 carrying pain, disappointment, shame, regret. Perhaps you're carrying some dreams and directions for the year ahead. Perhaps there's significant health struggles as you step into this new year. Jesus knows exactly what's going on. He knows exactly what's going on. And I want to look at very quickly why we should build with him. Very, very, very quickly. Why we should build with him. We're going to read John 10 uh, this morning. So if you've got a Bible, we'll get, uh, Paul, could you be our Bible distributor? Brilliant. If you've not got a Bible, uh, wave your hand in there and we'll get a Bible to you. And if you don't have a Bible at home, please take it. So we're looking at John 10. We've seen Jesus recently heal a blind man. So this is in his public ministry here on earth. Amazing things were happening, but on the other side of that, there was lots of opposition. There was lots of opposition. Don't often we find that? When God's moving, when the Spirit's moving, there's opposition. There's this tension that we live with. And at the beginning of chapter 10, we have Jesus describing himself as the shepherd, a good shepherd, who if we trust and believe him, he looks upon us as his flock. And a shepherd, the good shepherd, is just a number of names that Jesus has throughout the Gospels. We have the bread of life, we have the light of the world, and we have, there's, there's a few more, but we're looking at, at the shepherd. And they're all used to reflect the qualities of Jesus, the hope, the power, the safety. And just before we read the passage today, we see Jesus in a little bit of a situation again with a group of people. And it's pretty, this time it's Jews who were pretty much like just constant. They were just at him to say that he was the Messiah. They wanted him to say it. Tell us plainly, up front, instead of all the miracle stuff, all the amazing stuff you're doing, just tell us you are the Messiah. And for a lot of these people, it wasn't so they could follow him. That wasn't their intention upon asking this question. Uh, it wasn't a case of once I hear him say it, I'm in kind of thing. It was so they could try and catch him out. It was so that they could uh, get him imprisoned. The Pharisees had tried to also and accuse him of telling lies. This man's saying he's the Messiah. We have him for blasphemy. Get him brought down. And in the beginning of this encounter at the end, when the Jews are picking up stones to try and stone him, we see a clear description. The commentators pen it as supreme privileges if we have a relationship with Jesus this morning. There are supreme privileges that we have if we know Jesus. And I want to look at a couple of those very quickly this morning. So, let's read John chapter 10, verse 22 to 33. So, it's entitled, Further Conflict Over Jesus' Claims. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered round him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, 
tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up sto stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works in the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you are a mere man who claim to be God. Amen. Amen. First thing I want to encourage us with, or remind us with, is the relationship that we have if we know Jesus this morning. We see in verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. As I grew up, I spent a lot of my summers in Brora. Does it, many people know of Brora. It's about an hour and 15 minutes north of here. Beautiful place. My granny lived in Brora. My dad's from Brora. And we spent many summer holidays there. And the great thing about Brora, not just Capaldi's ice cream, which is the best ice cream in the world. If you've not tried Capaldi's ice cream, make that a mission as you leave here. But it was the little golf course. There was a little nine-hole golf course, which was below my granny's house. And it was free to play on. So you didn't have to pay. It was maintained by local farmers. And uh, it was covered. There was loads of sheep. So sheep would be all around the golf course. And me and my dad, after dinner, we would go and play nine holes after dinner, after our mince and tatties, and before our Capaldi's ice cream, we'd go and play nine holes. And we would... Have lots of fun. It was amazing. There was barbed wire around, like electric wire around the greens as well. So you had to watch, you know, as a wee boy, I was like jumping over it because there was sheep droppings everywhere. But it was loads of fun. Beautiful course. Chris Evans played there once as well on a little tour of golf courses. So that's a little claim to fame of that golf course. I don't know what it's like now, but there was this one instance where we were playing and there was lots of sheep and it must, it must have been the shepherd. The shepherd shouted. The person who owned the sheep shouted for the sheep. And oh my goodness, it was like all of them in unison, heads up, and kind of cleared the way of the, It was quite a sight, actually. I can't remember. It must have been at least 20 scattered around at the same time upon hearing. And it wasn't even an audible word from what I can remember. It was more like a noise that the shepherd made. Right away, heads up, in unison, and away they went. Away they went. Once the shepherd shouted, they were chasing across. You could see right there the unique relationship. Because if I had tried it, they weren't listening to me. You know, I was like, get out of the way and trying to step over them as I was attempting to play golf. I'm not even going to say playing golf. When Jesus was speaking to the Jews, he was still referring to the shepherd and the sheep analogy. That his sheep, his followers listen to him and he knows them. He knows them. There's a relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And if you think about shepherd and sheep, when the shepherd speaks, the sheep listen. That's the voice that they hear. That's the voice they respond to. That's the voice they're obedient to. It's the same with Jesus. If we are Jesus followers, it's a unique relationship. The most important relationship 
He sees you this morning. Like the shepherd, he knows what's best for us. Like the shepherd, he knows the best route for us. Like the shepherd, he knows the characteristics of every sheep, which one's the wild one that needs a little bit more attention, how, how each of them need to be looked after. Jesus knows every single one of us. He knows you and me. He knows exactly what we're thinking. He knows our dreams. He knows our disappointments. He's always for us. He's always for us. Jesus is for you this morning. He's always with us. Notice the language in the, the passage, I know them. Not I know of them. I know of them. I know them. I know them. Mary and I uh, are celebrating this later this year, 15 years married, which is, which is wonderful. And in amongst all those early dates way back, it would have been 17, 18 years ago, I wanted to know what made her tick. Do you know, like we're early in our dating, courting, I think you'd call it, early in our courting. And I wanted to know what she liked, what she didn't like, so I could make her happy. So that, that was my mission. That was my mission. We got to know each other, and I, I wanted to wanted to do the best for her. And I realized she loved flowers. So, and this is no word of the lie, the very first, uh, the very first flowers I bought her ended up being artificial flowers. <laughs> they weren't even real flowers. We call it the flower gate incident. And anytime I buy flowers following on, she's always double checking that they're not artificial. It was an absolute howler. I couldn't believe it. But when we were starting going out, she was the only person I wanted to see, the only person I wanted to speak to. I wanted to spend loads of time with her. I remember the first date we had going to the cinema. And I didn't, it was around the times that the clock changed. I think it was March time. And I didn't change my watch. And we missed the movie that we were meant to see. I think it was, I can't even remember. The, I think it might have been P.S. I Love You or something. Uh, but we ended up going to see some, what was it? The Inside Man or something. It was an action thriller, which was an, a, a terrible movie to go on your first date. Like, was, we were meant to go to this rom-com. We ended up going to that. I was happy. She wasn't as happy. But anyway, it meant as well that we missed our bus, so we had to walk all the way into town. But I got to spend time with her. Extra, it was that thing of, we missed our bus. Oh, well, we've got an extra hour together. We got to spend more time together. I remember just being so excited. So excited. And I remember also another date where we were like, right, we're going to go hill walking. We're going to go to the Green Loch. Has anybody been to the Green Loch? So we went to Aviemore, and like, I'd never been walking in any sense at all. Like, I was from Glasgow, like, I just go walk around town. Like, I'd never really been out in the hills. So I was like, I need to get equipped. So I bought like a 20 liter camping, like the biggest bag in the world, and like filled it with snacks and all my jackets. And Mary just looked at me. She's like, how long are we going away for? And I'm turning up in this big thing. We're only going for a two hour walk around the Green, green Loch. Why am I telling you that? I do not know. But in amongst all those early dates, as I mentioned, I wanted to do the best for her. We got to know each other and now we're married. I share my dreams with her. I trust her enough to share my frustration, share my struggles. We laugh together. We cry together. And she does likewise. It wouldn't work otherwise. It'd be difficult. With Jesus, he knows everything about us already. 
But when you can choose to tell him everything that's going on, you can lay it down in front of him, then we see him clearer, clearer. We hear his voice, our good shepherd. In our weakness, he is strong. When you speak to him regularly and share your day with him, then we hear him clearer. When we read our Bible regularly, our light to our feet, a lamp to our feet, living and relevant to our days, verses that we read begin to have more meaning to us. They jump out. We see the scriptures in a completely different way. We see change. Maybe trust is difficult. Maybe it's that thing of a relationship. It's trust because being let down is a regular thing for us. Trust is difficult. Maybe you're really weary of stepping all in with Jesus. Maybe you've been a Christian for years, but recently you found it really difficult to just open up to God, to just share what's really, really going on. Maybe shame has got a grip through some decisions that you've made. I want to reiterate and encourage this morning, Jesus never turns away anyone who seeks him. He never gives up. He gave his life to show his love for us. You are here today and you are to know that you are loved. You are loved. He died so that we may live. And maybe we just need to hear that afresh this morning. So we have a relationship. Secondly, transformation. Transformation. Throughout this book of John and throughout the, gospel, throughout the Gospels, we see the opposition to Jesus. And part of the reason for that is that he's bringing change. He's doing things in a certain way which a lot of people don't like. The Pharisees and the religious leaders want their laws, want their ways of doing things, their practices. And where Jesus says, change is coming. When we are in true relationship with Jesus, things change. Things change. We don't have Jesus with us in person. We have his spirit in us. Things change when we ask for more of his spirit. Things change when we spend time with him. Our perspective changes. But also we need to let him in. We need to give him permission. Augustine penned some really special words. He says this, O Holy Spirit, descend plentifully into my heart. Enlighten the dark corners of this neglected dwelling and scatter there thy cheerful beams. I love that. What a prayer as we step into 2024. Holy Spirit, descend plentifully into my heart. Leave no space. Like pack everything. Pack all of your spirit in me. Enlighten the bits that are just dark and gloomy that I haven't invited you into. Just come into all of it. Come into all of it. And through this relationship, through walking with Jesus, we begin to see things that change in our own lives, things that surprise us, things that develop in us, things that grow in us. And for me, it wasn't like I woke up and the next day I was Christian 2.0, a new, per you know, it was, a, it was a journey. It's a journey, isn't it? It's a journey for all of us. And it's still a constant, it's a battle and it's a watchful eye and it's making right decisions and words and thoughts and integrity. But I personally can see firsthand and we're all, I'm sure, if we went around the room, can reel off things that Jesus has changed in our lives. 
that Jesus has brought change. Perhaps little things, little acts of integrity that wouldn't have seen such a big deal before. Maybe as well, it's a heart for what breaks God's heart. We see an increase of that. God moving in that. Prime example, growing up, and I've mentioned a couple of times, like, you, you just wouldn't cry as guys. I was, I was crying at Call the Midwife two weeks ago. Like, what's that about? Then to Call the Midwife. Unbelievable. <laughs> Sometimes at school drop-off, I need to hold it together. When I'm dropping off the boys, I have a little moment and I'm like, oh, I just love these boys so much and I want the best for them. Lord, how much more do you want? He's just given me a heart. And I'm like, oh. and Mary, I go, I go back to Mary and she's like, have you been crying? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've just dropped off the boys. They're brilliant, aren't they? But that's, that's the Lord, isn't it? That's the Lord giving, a, giving us more of his heart. And I want more of that. I, want, I never want to lose that. And now those moments are like, it gives a, it's like a grain of sand to the magnitude of the heart of, like what Pete mentioned a few months ago about grains of sand. For the love that God has for each and every one of us, that little moment is like but a grain of sand to what the Lord thinks of you, Rachel, to what the Lord thinks of you, Sarah, to what the Lord thinks of you, Lewis. It's like but a grain of sand. Wow. Wow. I'm trying to think what to do now because it's 12 o'clock. <laughs> Give me a wee second. So we see relationship, we see transformation. We see it's rooted in love. Love from a God who loves us so much, who didn't want to lose us, who didn't need to help. He's God. And he's a God who's changed my life. And he's a God that has changed your life if you know and love Jesus. And we have a, an opportunity to share that gift. We have an opportunity to share that gift of God with those around us with those around us. When I was younger, I would always keep my presents, whenever I got a present, I would keep it under the bed because I just wanted to keep it safe. I didn't want it to go missing. So all my Christmas presents, whenever I got Christmas presents, I would stack them under the bed and sometimes I would hold on to them as I fell to sleep because I was just in fear of them disappearing. And it's a bit awkward now when you do that with like a drill or something that I've been given as an adult, but Mary sees through it. I'm joking. Of course, I don't do that anymore. But there's that thing, isn't there, of uh, wanting to keep it safe, wanting to keep the gifts safe. And you know, this space here, we have this lovely time together, and hopefully we'll go away encouraged. Hopefully we've heard from God. Hopefully we're taking a couple of things away where we go, right, that'll set me up into my week. But the danger is Perhaps we have a moment where like, God's here, I'm buzzing, I've got something from the Word this morning. Worship just really spoke to my soul. I had some great conversations. I got a prayer. Somebody prayed for me and just like, it was like they read my mail. It was just awesome. But then we step out and the world hits. Can I encourage us, as I did with my Christmas gifts, keep what happens in here safe. 
Increase the security of these moments. Build on them as we leave this space. Because the reality is we can very easily lose what God has deposited and planted in this space by Monday at five past nine. Or in some instances, on Sunday at half past twelve as we drive home. How many times in the drive home does the enemy want to weave in? So can I encourage us, increase the security and build on these moments. Ask the Lord, what do I do with what you've been speaking about? And really practical steps, just as I come to close, would be around life groups. We're going to have our Sunday sign up around that and find a group. But don't just find a group and plaster your name on it and go, okay, that's my people and go sporadic. Commit. Bring your all to that. Go, okay, I'm going to give my 12 weeks to this space. And I'm going to bring the best and the worst of me to that space. And we're going to journey and explore Jesus together. So it's looking around life groups. It's looking around the people that we have in around our lives as well. Maybe the one or two people that can ask us the very difficult questions. They can answer, you know, what are the questions that I don't want somebody to ask me that we can share that with. Having that accountability and just looking at our daily walk with Jesus. So we have a gospel here of Jesus coming for us, dying for our sins. We have the breathtaking, heart-racing, life-changing, epic story of God who loves us and who's come for us. This story of stories presents God and Christ entering the world to rewrite our fractured story, to rescue the drowning, to find the lost, to free the bound, to comfort the broken, to restore the fallen, to enlighten the confused, to create community, to transform society, to recreate creation. There's an invitation as we enter into 2024 to build with Jesus like you've never built before to start with Jesus, to continue with Jesus, to cling to Jesus, to make Jesus your everything this next year and see what the Lord will do with that. Why don't we stand very quickly? We're just going to pray. I'm just going to pray over you guys. I'm conscious of the time, so there'll be no worship to close and we'll have an opportunity for anybody that wants prayer. We'll have a couple of people at the back, but let me just pray over each of us. Lord, I just want to pray blessing over every single person here, and also those of us from our church family who aren't here this morning, whatever they're doing, we just pray your blessing. And we want to build with you. We want to be like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. We want to set the stall. So we say, Holy Spirit, come. Would you rewrite our stories? We pray for those of us who feel like we're drowning, lost, bound, broken, fallen, confused. Would you come? Would you come? Would you fill us from the tops of our heads to the tips of our toes? with your presence. We pray for our Monday mornings. We pray for our Sunday afternoons. We pray that we would increase the security of the moments that we have with you and to ask the question, Lord, what, what are you doing? What have I to do with this when you speak? Let it not just float in a void, but let us be people who are intentional.
and walking with you. And would we see miracles, Lord? Would we see people come to know you? Would we see the hurting healed, the broken restored, the confused have clarity, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it looked a wee bit different this morning.